0: Thanks for joining me tonight, Eagles fans. Uh, this is going to be episode 4 of season 1 for Wingnuts. Uh, another rough outing this past Sunday with for the Eagles against the Redskins. The Eagles dropped to 3-2 on this season after losing 27-20. Uh, so we're going to discuss that more. Our rundown for the week uh, is going to include recap from Sunday's game. Uh, we're going to discuss the complete turnaround the Eagles defense has looked like uh, over the last couple of weeks since the bye week. And then we're going to discuss the penalty issues over the last few games. Uh, discuss players on the down uh, fall since their extensions with the team. We're going to look at the upcoming game, uh, which will be Sam Bradford and the Vikings coming to town. And then this week's fan polls and predictions. So for this week, we're going to start off with a recap of the Eagles and Redskins game from Sunday. And I originally predicted the uh, Eagles to win 24-20. to um, Eagles, once again, were exploited in the first half of this game as they were last week with against the Lions as well, so they did allow Cousins to put up two touchdowns in the first half and allowed a Matt Jones rushing touchdown as well, and they were trailing in uh, going into the half. Um, the Eagles defense was on the field a lot again this week as they were last week against Detroit, and that's really what the difference was in the game, was time of possession. Uh, starting the first three weeks of the season before the bye, the Eagles were really good at staying on the field with their offense, and you know, basically doing a complete anti-Chip Kelly and keeping the defense off the field more than they've seen easily since, the, you know, a few years before Andy Reid left, so, um, it's something that's killing the team the last couple of weeks, um, but nonetheless, uh, they still have a 3-2 and record, and that's something we didn't really expect coming into the season uh, with a lot of predictions around 5-11 and or 6-10, and so, um, the defense this game was on the field f- for an extended period of time in the second quarter. Uh, they didn't leave the field from 13-19 left in the second all the way until 8:40 left in the third. The Lions obviously got the ball after the halftime kickoff. So um, in that time period, w- the reasoning why they were on the field so long um, was the defense had a 64-yard uh, pick-six from Malcolm Jenkins. And after a Redskins touchdown, Wendell Smallwood had an 86-yard touchdown return. So, um, while it's nice to score, um, it really hurt the team overall because it kept the Redskins in the game, kept the defense on the field, and you know Carson Wentz didn't really have a chance to come out and you know do his thing. Let the defense rest as well. So, um, Wentz did have his worst career game so far, which it wasn't even really that awful of a game. It was a very mediocre game. He went 11 of 22 for 179 yards, so uh, most of the yardage came in the second half. The first half, he had, I believe, under 75 passing yards. Um, the Eagles offensive line was very responsible for that big, um, you know, change of uh, of pace for Wentz from what he was doing earlier in the season. Big V in uh, the offensive line allowed six sacks to the Redskins after only allowing... Uh, four sacks or so in the first combined three games, so the offensive line definitely is missing Lane Johnson at the moment. Uh, he's on game two of his suspension of ten games coming up this week, so I, I really feel unless they uh, get the offensive line situated and Big V really gains in confidence, um, that it, it might be a rough season ahead because the offensive line just seemed a completely different from what they seemed earlier in the year. Um The Eagles' running backs were led by Ryan Matthews again this week, uh, and they combined for 19 attempts for 92 yards, a a very average day. Um, I feel that the running back by committee approach overall is holding these backs back from being able to, you know, hit their maximum potential. I I feel Wendell Smallwood has looked pretty well in the short amount of carries that he's had, and and, uh, Kenyon Barners looked well as as well, but... um, you know, putting Matthews in, and then putting Sproles in, then putting Smallwood in, then putting Barner in, and none of them really get a chance to feel what the defense is doing and how to beat the scheme that the defense is, you know, showing them, so, um, I feel that that's something that definitely needs to be addressed, hopefully sooner rather than later, so that, you know, Carson gets a little bit of relief from those guys, he hasn't really gotten that lately, but, but, um, <clears throat> overall, um, The Eagles also, you know, were bad on third down, they were 4 of 12 on third down for the day while Washington was 7 of 13, so, I mean, while Washington wasn't monumentally better than them, keeping Cousins on the field really did hurt, uh, especially in the first half. Um, Statistically, I was almost dead on with my prediction from last week's show on Kirk Cousins, I predicted he'd have uh, 240 yards, two touchdowns, and one pick, he finished with 263 yards, two touchdowns, and one pick, so uh, kind of glad that, uh, I was almost correct on something, I guess, you know, we get a bright spot out of this whole thing, but to make up for it, I predicted the Redskins running backs would combine for 65 yards, and they ended up putting up 230, so, uh, I, I guess that, that pretty much makes up for my, uh, my good prediction on Cousins, but, um, going into the game, I really didn't think Matt Jones and the running backs of the Redskins were that great, um, and that that's really, you know, kudos to them for being able to exploit the Eagles. Really good running game coming into the game. Um, a lot of those yards were put up on big runs, especially uh, the final run in the fourth by Matt Jones uh, when he went up the sideline and brought it down into the red zone. That was like a 40 or so yard gain. And then he had a couple of more runs that were up the middle. And, you know, some of them should have been called back. He had a big run that there was a holding on the offensive. Um, I believe it was one of the offensive tackles were holding um, I want to say it was, I want to say they were holding Benny Logan. No, I don't think it was Logan. They were holding one of our guys nonetheless, but, um, ended up putting up a lot of yards. The Eagles, like I said, had a lot of penalties this game. It seemed like it was an exact replica of the last game where the Lions only had three penalties. The Eagles had 14. Um, it seemed like the Redskins weren't that penalized. I think they ended up with like seven, but overall, I mean, they could have easily been, in, you know, 12 or 13 with a couple of the missed calls that the refs missed, so, um, the refs, the refs, you know, you, like I said last week, you really can't put all the blame on the refs. The team did have some, you know, dumb penalties. Fletcher Cox, you know, had a couple of dumb penalties the last two weeks, but, uh, overall, um, they need, that's, you know, besides the offensive line, the, the penalty situation something they need to work on. Um, I know... That Keith Bullock was asked, Uh, he used to be the linebacker for the Titans, was asked about Jim Schwartz, and uh, he said that, you know, with the Titans, when Schwartz was with the Titans, that they really didn't have that many issues with um, penalties, so uh, penalties weren't really a big issue, so for some reason, whether these guys are undisciplined, or it's mentally since, you know, they started out so hot, and now they're starting to, you know, flop a bit, they're putting up a lot of penalties, but you... I can't really say it, it's because they're starting to fall, because in the beginning of the season, they had quite a few penalties as well. So, but it is what it is. Um, so the Eagles, you know, the defense is somehow still ranked sixth in the league in yards per game, but in terms of running uh, defense, they went from second to 18th. So they went from being an elite running defense teams to being, you know, bottom half in, in the terms of a week, so they really need to pick it up, and I hope they pick it up this week against the 32nd ranked Vikings offense, uh, their run offense is, is the worst in the game, but I mean that that's definitely going to be a key to that game, so the Eagles end up dropping to 3-2, and two. their skins end up uh, excelling to 4-2 and two after four straight wins now, and like I said at the beginning of the year, if anyone follows me on my personal Twitter, I predicted the skins to win the East. Because I think they have the most complete team in the East. Um, I know Cousins, a lot of the rap was that he couldn't beat teams with a winning record, but he's been doing it this year. He has three wins against three winning record teams this year. So, um, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, the Eagles are in a rebuilding mode. We knew that coming into the season. And I think, you know, we put our expectations up after three straight wins, especially after that win against Pittsburgh. And the fashion that we beat them, it seemed like we went from, you know, 6-10, uh, and 7-9, and and a lot of people were starting to think, oh, maybe this is a playoff team. I don't think we're there yet, and there's some teams in the East that are better than us. I mean, I, I wanted to discuss this a little bit this week, but the comparisons of Wentz and Prescott really need to end simply because it's not that Prescott's better than Wentz. I don't think he is, and I don't think career-wise Prescott will be better than Wentz, but... um. You look back at the 2004 draft, going back a few years. You look at the three top quarterbacks drafted that season. You had Eli, who was drafted first overall, uh, Rivers, who I think was drafted fourth, and then Roethlisberger was drafted a little bit later. Um, you, you go back to that draft, okay, and all three of those quarterbacks have been good quarterbacks in the NFL so far. You look at Ben, two Super Bowl wins, three appearances. You look at Eli, two appearances, two wins. You look at Roger, statistically statistically the best out of the three of them. All three of them were really good quarterbacks, and that's something you might have with this class this year. You, we don't know what golf is yet. I mean, it's a very good possibility he can come out and be very good. You don't know yet. Wentz, obviously, is going to be a very good quarterback. He's very good already. He could be elite in a few years. Prescott's shown that he's a pretty decent quarterback. Doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Did have a couple turnovers last week. But he's still a very good young quarterback and a lot better than the people we're going to give him credit for. I've got to stop hating on the kid. He's been very good. He has a 5-1 and one team ahead of him. But you, you go back to that 2004 draft, and people always... You know, rank Rivers as the worst, simply because he doesn't have the Super Bowl wins, which is fair. But looking at those three quarterbacks, how I would rank them: statistically, the best is is Philip Rivers, and then under him, just by a bit, is Ben Roethlisberger, and it ain't by much. Recently, you could. You could say Roethlisberger, you know, even if somebody says is better than Rivers, you can't really argue with them because their numbers are so similar. Third, I would put Eli, and it's a little bit of a drop because Eli simply has over 200 interceptions already for his career, where the other two have... uh, Rivers has 135, 137, and Roethlisberger, I think, has like 160. So, I mean, you're talking, you know, Eli has 300 touchdown passes, but he has 200 interceptions. So, I mean... You can go back and look at Eli with the Giants. A lot of those Super Bowl wins, both those Super Bowl wins, were by miraculous catches in both. And the defenses in those two games were pretty good. You look at what Pittsburgh brought. Very good defenses both times. They won their Super Bowls. And they did have good offensive talent. In the first game against Seattle in 05, Uh, You had, you know, uh, Roethlisberger had Randall L, he had Heinz Ward, he had the bus, and he had Willie Parker. So he had a great defense around him. You look at the second Super Bowl win, and I think Heath Miller might have been on that 05 team, I think he was a rookie. So you look at that second Super Bowl win, and he's got Willie Parker, Heath Miller, who's starting to come into his own. Antonio Holmes, who was very good for with Pittsburgh, he he was a pretty pretty good running or wide receiver rather. And I'm not sure if they had him yet. I don't think they had Mike Wallace yet. And if they did, he was a rookie. But I don't think they had him yet. So Roethlisberger's always had a lot of talent around him as well. Rivers started in 2005. I want to say that, or no, 2006 was his first starting season? Yeah, because he sat a year on the bench, and then uh, Breeze got injured in 05. So 06 was the last year Ladane Tomlinson was absolutely stacked, and was absolutely the most dominant running back in the game. So for the rest of his career, so far, he's had... He had about two or three seasons with, with Tomlinson. He had Gates. He had, uh, Vincent Jackson for quite a while. Malcolm Floyd, who, you know, wasn't really that great of a receiver as wasn't Vincent Jackson. I mean, Vincent Jackson went to Tampa. He's been okay, but, um, hasn't been really, you know, what he was with Rivers Gates. You can argue, I mean, he's in elite, He was an elite tight end for many years. But the last few years, he hasn't been what he was, you know, eight to ten seasons ago. And you look at Eli, who, you know, next to Roethlisberger, might have had the most talent around him. He started with Tiki, uh, and then ended up going to Brandon Jacobs for their first Super Bowl run. And then at wide receiver, he started his uh, first couple of years with, um, I think he had Ike Hilliard and Imani Toomer. And then he had Jeremy Shockey to begin with. Then they had Kevin Boss, Visante Shanko. Shanko was pretty good until he got to Minnesota. Shockey was pretty good until he got to New Orleans. Um, you look at the other receivers they had. I mean, they had Plexico Burris, who was, you know, at the time, a top-ten receiver. And then for the second Super Bowl run, he's got Cruz, who Cruz's first year or two were very good. And on top of those good giant defenses that, you know pretty much stopped Tom Brady both times. Brady had really good years both those years, so... um, Rivers was one that I always said about Rivers, and Rivers is probably my favorite quarterback outside of Wentz, but... I've always said about Rivers, if he would have went to New York, the Giants wouldn't be sitting on two Super Bowls. They'd be sitting on three or four. Because Rivers is so much better than, than Eli. He doesn't make those mistakes Eli makes. And... Rivers has a a two-and-a-half to one touchdown interception ratio, whereas Eli, it seems like he's throwing two, three picks a game anymore. So that's what you're going to get with this quarterback class. I know we've been talking about this for a while, so I'm just going to get to the dead of it. You're going to get that with this quarterback class. Wentz is going to be good. Dak is going to be good. Goff could definitely be good. We don't know yet. So you really can't go and compare Dak now because Dallas has been building that team for five years now, since they drafted, I think the first one they drafted was Tyron Smith, and that was, I think, 2011, so you're talking five or six years now, so, they've spent all this time rebuilding and getting Dez, and getting receivers around them, and making, you know, put players on defense, I mean, I know their defense, you know, has quite a few players that have gotten suspended or thrown out of the league, but they still, you know, um, Jones last year to corner Byron Jones has been pretty good, and he's, you know, can do almost anything in the defensive backfield. Claiborne seems to start, you know, coming into his own, only took four years, um, you know, he started out, you know, they did have DeMarcus Ware, but they don't have him anymore, they have a couple of okay pass rushers, nothing to brag about, but, um, they have a good team, great offensive line, you know, there's three guys on there that are going to make the Pro Bowl almost every year. That's going to be Frederick, uh, Martin, and Tyron Smith. Leal Collins did seem to be pretty decent, but he seemed to fade off a little bit as well. He got pushed around a bit. But, I mean, as long as they got Witten as well at tight end, and he's got a great team around him. Wentz came in with a team that, you know, Chip Kelly tore apart. We have no offensive line. I mean, last year we were talking about Jason Peters was done. We didn't have any guards going into this year. Brooks has been okay, but he hasn't been spectacular. And then Kelsey's been underperforming. He sucks. Um, Lane suspended. Our wide receiver situation's awful. Now going back to the offensive line as well, I mean, Alan Barber, who would have thought Alan Barber would have been this decent so far? Last year, everyone wanted to get rid of him. This year, he's been pretty decent. He might be... On that offensive line right now, the strongest offensive lineman on the team, not suspended right now. Um, and then you look at the receivers, like I was saying, Jordan Matthews is a good receiver, but inconsistent hands. I love Jordan Matthews as a player, but inconsistent hands. Doriel Beckham hasn't been given the ball enough to say he's anything that's worth bragging about. Zach Ertz is having an absolute... since he got paid, I feel like he's just not what he was. And I don't think he ever was anything great. But he definitely had, I think, potential. It just isn't coming in like it needs to. When he was drafted, he was talked about being in the next, you know, one of the top five tight ends. And it just isn't there. Is it, 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 it ever going to be there? When, when's this going to happen? When is he going to break into that elite category of tight ends? We all knew coming into this year that he can't block for anything. I mean, he's a very subpar blocking tight end. And, I mean, considering on the starting depth chart this year, Selleck was still ahead of him. I mean, the dude's in his, what, fourth year now, and he's still not the starting tight end? He's got a 30-some-year-old guy ahead of him? Come on, man. I mean, you you look at the other side. Aguilar has been pretty bad. I mean, a little bit better this year than he was last year, but he's been not a first-round pick. So, I mean, to say the least, when's his team compared to the team Prescott has? I mean, it, it's... Uncomparable only for the fact that Dallas has been building that team for five years, whereas Philly is in really year one. I mean, year two, maybe, of a rebuild. So, I mean, hey, let, you know, we got to stop focusing on what Dallas is doing so much. We got to start focusing on the positive games that we have, the, you know, what Carson Wentz is doing, and what our defense is doing, and the progression of our receivers we got to stop focusing on what these other guys are doing. Because that's our problem. There's too much comparing, oh, you know, who's better, Dak or Wentz? Or Wentz or Dak? we got to stop that. So, it's just, it's, it's getting old. So, if, if, if Dak goes out there and wins Rookie of the Year, which I don't think he will, if it's going to be anyone on Dallas, it's going to be Zeke. But, let, let him win it. Because we're going to have a quarterback that's very good for many years. And once this team gets players that are rolling and that are real good and consistently good and are threats and are elite players, Wentz is going to... you're going to see Wentz excel even more. He's doing what he's doing right now with a crap offense. And Dak's doing right now what he's doing with a... I mean, even though Des ain't there, a pretty good offense. You still got an elite running back. I mean, the kids are... he's already... Great, five yards of carry. Leads the league in yards. They have a good tight end still. You can't take anything away from Whitney. He's been one of their most consistent players for ten years. So you know what? We might not be the best team in the the division right now. Washington looks pretty good. You know, the Giants might be the only team under us right now, and they might even be even with us. Let these other teams have their time. Because we'll be in the game soon and we're going to be we're going to take our division back very soon. Believe it. I believe it and you just got to go through the growing pains. It's not going to last forever. This team is not going to be you know a single digit win team forever. So you just got to be patient. But moving on from all that, Eagles defensive woes. I mean, we headed into the bye week as a top 5 statistical defense in almost every single defensive category. Sacks Turnovers, yards allowed, time of possession, you know, quarterback hurries, everything. Right now the defense is ranked fourth in points per game. We were at one point uh, first with nine points. We're now 15.6 because the last two games allowing over 20 points per game. But we're now ranked sixth in yards with 312 per game. We were ranked second or third before. Sixth versus the pass still, so the team is still good against the pass. Pass. Uh, at 207 a game, the run defense went from very good to you know mediocre now because now we're ranked 18th. Over 100 yards a game we're allowing. You know, going into this game, the Eagles were getting sacks every single game. We had none against Cousins, and that's unacceptable. You gotta, you know, with the guys, with the money we have on that defensive line, we just gave massive contracts in the last three years to Graham, Curry, and Cox. And we gave a, you know, Connor Barwin's got some good money on there too. And we're not getting no damn pressure, at all this last game against the Redskins. And that's got to change. I mean, you can't you can't go into Sam Bradford this week and not get hit pressure on him. Sam's got like a seventy percent completion percentage right now. He's eating up linebackers, throwing these short routes like he did all last year. That's Sam Bradford offense, dink and dunk. But he's good at it. When he's healthy, he's good at it. You can't take credit away from people who are consistently good at what they're good at. And Sam's consistently good at the dink and dunk, quick offense, and it's showing in Minnesota. He's not putting up superstar stats, but his accuracy is off the charts. He's got over 70% completion percentage. If we don't get our guys behind that line of scrimmage, behind those offensive linemen fast, he's going to eat us apart all day. Because our linebackers are nothing to brag about right now. They're not having a great season. Bradham's our best linebacker, and that's not saying a ton. So um, our run defense definitely needs to come alive as well. Like I said before, Minnesota's got the league's worst run offense. Asiata and McKinnon are not doing anything. Um, neither of them have over 200 yards this season, so we, we really, really, really need that run defense to come alive so that we make that team more one-dimensional than what they already are. Because if we can get our corners to not allow a lot to Stephon Diggs and we can get our linebackers to be able to shut down Kyle Rudolph a bit, this team definitely has a chance to win this week. If we can score on offense and our defense can get back to semi of what it was against Pittsburgh, we'll win this game. Minnesota is a very good defensive team. Very, very, very good defensive team but they're going to be a team that one day their offense isn't going to show up, their defense isn't going to have the best game, and they're going to lose because of it. Because their offense is is a, is a bottom-five offense right now. 27th in the league. So, uh, Eagles penalties, too. I mean, that's a problem. You look at the penalties, committed seven, or 27 penalties in the last two games, 225 penalty yards. You're talking 112 and a 112.5 a game. I mean, we're we're committing more penalty yards than we're gaining rushing yards. You know? It's like, you can't be doing that. And, I mean, I know the refs, you know, have been throwing a blind eye at the other teams and really hitting us hard with a lot of questionable, weak penalties, but, I mean, 225 yards in two games, I mean, we're averaging this season, we have at least seven penalties in four of our five games. We're on pace for 156 penalties. That's nine, nine 9.5 penalties a game this year we're committing. On pace for 1,300 penalty yards, just under, 1,292. There's a chance that we might not have a 1,000-yard rusher, but we're going to have 1,300 yards in penalty, in penalty deductions. There's a real good chance. This is the most area at the moment that Doug and and Jim Schwartz especially cuz the defense is making a lot of penalties and and um Jeff Stoutland offensive offensive line coach they need to really get on these guys and get them you know they 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 really need to make them more disciplined because we're not going to win games if we're letting up 110 yards of all, uh, penalties a game So that's something I definitely think. If you you could fix one thing, the penalties are going to hurt this team just a little more than the offensive line. Because some of the offensive line is playing good right now. But you can't be putting over 100 yards of penalties a game and expecting to win. You're extending drives. You're losing drives. You're cutting drives short. You're putting Carson Wentz in in 3rd and 15 and higher. You're putting the defense at 3rd and 1. You're turning the defense from... From third and ten into first and ten just because of, you know, defensive pass interference or personal foul for something stupid. Fletcher Cox hitting, you know, quarterback's helmet off. So, that's something I definitely want to see fixed. Not even improved, fixed completely because this team is young. They need to be disciplined. Uh, Eagles players in a downfall. We wanted to talk about that a little bit. We got three, really. That, that I think need, that we're there, that we're starting to get there, and, and now they're starting to lose it a bit, since especially since they got paid. You look at Michael Kendricks, he's number one on the list. I mean, this guy seems to miss tackle after tackle after tackle. I, I'm looking at him playing, it's like, it always seems like he's going for the ankles, and you get a tight end or a running back just blowing over top of him, gaining 10 more yards, because he goes for the ankles and he's so small, that he's just getting piled on, and the big plays that were there early in his career—the the the forced fumbles and you know the sacks and the big hits—they're not there anymore. I haven't seen Michael Kendricks in that mode, that angry bird mode that we used to that we used to see, since about this, the mid two two thousand fourteen. We're talking almost two years since we had those spectacular defensive plays. He wasn't missing tackles back then that much. Still here and there, but not as much. You look at Zach Ertz. He's another one. Got paid. I mean, it's like drops, 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 drops for Zach Ertz. Stupid drops. Easy drops. He has no command in the red zone. This is the fourth year in a league. Has nine touchdowns for his career. I mean, you see a guy, in elite. We want to talk Zach Ertz into being elite. You have elite tight ends in this league. Gronkowski's, Jimmy's, Jimmy Graham's a couple years ago, uh, the Greg Olson's, they'll get eight touchdowns in 10 to 12 games in the season. Zach Ertz, three and a half years so far, nine touchdowns. That's not elite. That needs to, that needs to improve. And I don't think Ertz will ever get there. I think with Ertz, you give quarterbacks four years, you got to give almost every other player four years. What you see is what you get. This isn't the case of Brandon Graham. He ain't going to come out year four or five and be a, you know, a pretty damn good player. So maybe in, in a year or two, got to think about drafting another tight end. Or or playing Trey Burton more, who I think deserves it. Burton seems hungry when he's on the field. And the other one, the last one I want to discuss is Vinny Curry. And It's still early, so this one isn't as much as the other two. But you look at Vinny Curry, man. And last season, all he wanted to do was eat. This year, I haven't heard his name at all. And I know he's second on the depth chart. I know he's not out there every drive or every, every down or even every drive. He might not even be out there every other drive. But you don't hear his name ever. I, th- I, don't, I think he might have one sack this year. He might not even have that. I think he has like three or four tackles at the most. Curry, come on, man. You got a big contract. Brandon Graham got a big contract two years ago. Guess what? He cashed in. He's still playing hard. That motor's running. Vinny, you, you cashed in, and you're starting to slide a bit, man. I need to see you pick it up. It's still early, but you need to pick it up a bit. The defensive line needs it because we're not getting pressure right now. But that's that. For that, um, let's talk Vikings-Eagles. We've got to move on from this last two weeks. So we were talking about the Vikings defense. They come in number two overall you know great defense very good against the run they get turnovers they get sacks i think they have the best sack per uh quarterback drop back in the league ratio but if you can beat the vikings at all you got to stop the defense but in the reason being is because the offense isn't that good um they're not going to win them games, the offense. If the defense, like I said, was having a bad day, they slip a little bit, they're not getting the turnovers, not getting the pressure on the quarterback, and you can score 20 points, well, that 24th-ranked passing offense of the Vikings at 230, 230 yards a game, they're not going to win games. The 30-second rushing attack ain't going to win games. They're coming in with 71 yards, just under 71 per game. So, I mean, this is, we're talking about an offense that's just hitting 300 yards per game. Come in the 24. Uh, 27th ranked offense in the league so technically they're bottom 6 you gotta, you gotta take advantage of that you gotta not allow points this offense, the defense for the Eagles needs to go back to the first couple of weeks to what they were good at getting pressure on the quarterback getting turnovers in crucial times getting off the field on 3rd downs and the offense needs to do a better job at keeping the defense on the bench by converting on 3rd down and by getting the big plays that we were getting the first couple of weeks with with, with touchdowns from Carson once had five touchdowns his first two uh, three games. So, you know, Carson went last game with no touchdowns. He had two the prior game. So, I mean, kid's doing good, but you you can't win when your quarterback's not getting touchdowns. And his receivers really aren't helping us right now. But, I mean, we're talking about Bradford. He comes in as a 21st-ranked quarterback in terms of yards. But if you want to rate Bradford on what he's been good at, six touchdowns, no picks. Very, very consistent in terms of keeping the ball in the hands of his receivers. 70% completion percentage, one of the tops in the game. He's been good. I, I wanted to hate on sleeves. I wanted him to go to the Vikings and suck. I wanted to get a top 10 draft pick this year. You look at the Vikings. Three of their offensive tackles are out. AP's out. They're starting quarterbacks out. Uh Diggs was out, I think, last game that they were at, they were playing. He's been limited a little bit. They're still undefeated. So I need I need to see the Eagles definitely come out and, and put some pressure on Bradford and get that win. Now you look at Wentz on the air side, he's 23rd in yards per game, a little bit worse than Bradford at 237 a game, but he does have more touchdowns with seven, has that one pick. At the end of the game against Detroit. Kid's having a great season. Still on pace for really good numbers. But this last game, because he wasn't on the field a lot. And the defense was on the field a lot. He didn't get to put up over 200 yards. So, it's the second game of the season under 200 yards. He had under 200 against the Bears. I need to see more yards for the kid. Um. Vikings running back situation's bad. They're leading running back as uh, Jarek McKinnon. And he's got 175 yards on the season. Um nothing really spectacular with him, he only has one touchdown, uh, Ryan Matthews leads the Eagles right now, 206 yards, three touchdowns, the bulk of those touchdowns were the first two games, so, um, I mean, our running situation isn't much better than theirs, but we gotta definitely make the most of our running backs that we have, and stop putting four running backs in the field during the game, um, the Vikings' receiving situation is a little bit different. Diggs leads their team. Stephon Diggs with 25 catches, 272 yards and the touchdown. Was limited two weeks ago. Um, he he had a really good game against the Packers on that primetime game. And um, he hasn't really done much since. He seemed to slow down a little bit. He had a great game with their first home appearance when they opened up their new stadium. And Bradford threw almost 300 yards. I think he did throw 300 yards that game, actually. But since then, it's been very, you know, pedestrian for him. Jordan Matthews comes in leading the Eagles receivers with 23 catches, 344, two touchdowns. Now, you look at Matthews' career, hasn't been an extremely high yards per reception guy, but this season, he's averaging close to 15 yards per catch. He's about 14.5 right now. So, I mean, with Matthews, he's not getting a ton of catches. only on pace for about 70 right now, so he's on pace for his second lowest outcome of his career. But putting up a ton of yards, and there's a very good chance he's going to hit that 1,000-yard mark for the first time in his his career. Now, defensively, the Vikings come in with 19 sacks. The Eagles have 14. Um, But keep in mind, like I said, the Eagles didn't have any last game, so that's still a really good number. Uh, The Vikings have accumulated 12 turnovers on defense this year. They got five fumbles and seven picks. So, I mean, they've played six games. They played six games. Um... I'm sorry, they played five games so far because they had the bye, and they've already got 12 turnovers, so that's over two a game. So, Wentz needs to definitely make sure he's he's smart with the ball this week, and Ryan Matthews needs to keep the ball in his hands. Uh, The Eagles have caused eight turnovers. They have four each, picks and uh, fumble recoveries, so pretty good numbers for the Eagles' defense, but they need to definitely um, see about getting some turnovers on Bradford. Like I said, he has none coming into the game, but... If we know anything about sleeves, he could definitely turn that around fast. But both defenses are top ten; it should likely be a low-scoring game. I don't expect anything higher than you know twenty points from either team. So, uh, weekly polls this week: uh, I asked who was to blame for the Eagles' uh, issue since their bye week. A hundred percent of voters did say Lane Johnson. Uh, other names on the list were Jim Schwartz because the defense hasn't been that great. Carson Wentz as the you know kind of oddball out there answer some people like to blame Carson. Not many, but some do. And then I think the other one I had was um Ryan Matthews as well. Um or no, Big V. I had Big V as well because he just had a really bad game last week. Um I asked about the opinion on the running back committee whether or not you like having, you know, the four back system or if you prefer a starting back with a change of pace that got fifty fifty uh yes and no. So uh, some people like it, some people don't like it. I personally don't like it. I don't think it's working. I think we need to have one back as a starter seeing 80% of the carries, and we're going to change a, ba- a pace back for the um, for third down and, you know, when when you need that extra yard or two. Um, and I asked how the division would look by the end of the year based on what we're seeing already. 50% did say that they think that it would be from one to four in terms of rankings Dallas, Washington, Philly, and New York, so Eagles would be in third place. While Dallas would be in first, Skins would be in second, and Giants would be in fourth. And 50% said Skins would be first, Eagles would be second, Cowboys would be third, and Giants would be last. So everyone thinks that the the Giants aren't going to be that great. and Everyone has Philly, Dallas, and Washington, you know, switching roles in the division. So um, those are the three teams you really got to look at this year. If they're going to do anything in the East, I think it's going to be those three teams. So we'll see, you know, how far things go. It's very early yet. We're not even at a third of the season. Um, so predictions for this game, I think Wentz is going to get back on track, I think he's going to throw for 250 yards, two touchdowns, and he'll get a pick against that good Vikings defense. The Eagles' backs, I think, are only going to combine for about 80 yards, I don't think that Doug Peterson's going to go away from his back-by-committee approach that they're running, and because of that, I think they're only going to rack up 80 yards, because I don't think any of the backs are going to get into a groove. And then I have Jordan Matthews with about five catches for 75 yards and one of those Carson Wentz touchdown passes. Another decent day for Jordan Matthews. He's been really the only one that's been consistent for the Eagles this year. Um, I think Sam Bradford, on the other side of the ball, is going to get his first interception. I think we will have 240 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. I think the Vikings backs run for about 70 yards, and I think Diggs will expose Mills for a 100-yard game and a touchdown. Uh, Similar to Deshaun Jackson last week, you know, putting, you know, good numbers up on on Jalen Mills. Um, I need the kid to stop wagging his finger because he's not not there yet. But um, a little something different this week. We'll do some fantasy start and sit locks. I would think that you want to start Stephon Diggs, especially with how things were against Washington. Kirk Cousins put up a lot of numbers on the Eagles. Um, A couple touchdown passes. So if Bradford can do anything that um, Cousins did against the Eagles, I would expect Diggs to definitely get about 80 to 100 yards, like I was saying, probably a touchdown. And if you're in a points per reception league, you're looking at you know easily uh, you know 20 points close to 25. You're 20 to 25 points. So, and I think with uh, the sit, you're gonna sit Zach Ertz. I don't think that Eric Hendricks and the linebackers for the Vikings are gonna let Ertz have a big day, and I only expect them to get about 25 yards. And maybe a couple of drops, so overall, I do think the Eagles are going to pull off a 20 to seventeen home victory. I'm not going to bet against a team because they have you know shown that they can beat winning teams, and I think the Vikings are due for a loss, and this will probably be the game they could lose because it's going to be high emotions with Bradford returning to Philly. The Eagles are coming off two losses in their first home game since the Pittsburgh game where we were rolling, and I think the link's going to be real loud, and I could see the Eagles winning by about three. Like I said, I don't see any team putting up more than twenty points, so I'm going to say twenty to seventeen. But uh, that's going to be it for tonight's episode. Uh, if you have any questions at all, hit us up on the Twitter, um, and we'll be running next week's episode likely on Wednesday or Thursday. But uh, again, any questions, comments, concerns, uh, hate mail, anything, just comment below uh, in our Twitter, which is going to be FlywingnutsFly as our handle. But I'd like to thank you for tuning in. You guys have a great night and hope to see the Eagles win this weekend.